This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the Animation Addicts Podcast, episode 263. The Disney Bronze Age. Welcome to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, the number one place to get your animation fix with animation addicts just like you. Each episode, we dive into the wonderful world of animation featuring Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, and everything in between. From hilarious discussions and movie reviews to interviews with industry insiders, this show's mission is to brighten your day through our love of animation. So hop on your nerdy couch, grab some snacks, and get ready to hang out with your animation besties because it's time to dive into today's episode. Hey there, animation addicts. I'm your host, Morgan Stradling. And I'm Chelsea Robson. And today we are diving into another one of Disney's amazing eras. This one may be not quite so amazing comparatively. We all know you might have a favorite film from here, but call <laughs> this one the Disney Dark Ages for good reason for some of these. But we are going to be talking about Disney's Bronze Age. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, is it really the dark ages of Disney, though, when you have so many good things when that came out? When you have Robin Hood. When Robin Hood. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I can't really get mad at it, right? I Okay, we have lots to say. Before we say it, let's just tee off what this, what this age is. Okay, so the Disney Bronze Age are the movies that came really right after Walt's death. There's The Jungle Book, which is the tail end of the Silver Age. The film's right after that where he really was less involved. There are a few of these movies where he had his hand a teeny little bit, but um, we're really going to start hitting an age where Walt Disney is not involved. He's not the director. He's not the leading creative. And that's from 1970 to 1988. So a pretty big era 
for Disney compared yeah, to some of the other almost ones. So you're looking years. at the Golden Age was just a few years. It's five films. We have the wartime era. We have the Silver Age, which is about a decade, maybe a decade, a little more. I guess the Silver Age is a little bit longer, but this one was really a lot. They just kind of like lump it all in here. So now I will say really, really funny. I have these books and they're called They Drew As They Pleased. And they they cover each one of these eras. And these are official Disney productions. So, you know, they're going to put their Disney magic on it. Right. And so we have the first one is Disney's Golden Age. The next one is they call it Disney's Musical Years. Ah. Then they call it the late Disney Golden Age. Then there's the mid-century era. Then they call this one the early Renaissance, which put a pin in that. I'm going to come back to that. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's another one called the new Golden Age. And they list that basically as the 90s through 2020 era. So I'm like, ah, even Disney, I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't agree with your official categories and categorization of these different things like they're the renaissance is totally different than the films of the early 2000s but that is for another day so this one like i said they call it the early renaissance like they will not refer to this as the disney dark ages (laughs) of course (laughs) or even the bronze age he who writes the history you know controls the narrative right but let's be real it is and even the bronze age come on like they were they don't even go with the silver age they call it the golden age because they don't want to acknowledge as a company that that one age was better than the other right, right. there's the gold silver bronze which means you know good better best and and they do they do not want to go there no I thought that was really interesting <laughs> I mean, they're called spin doctors for a reason. So. <laughs> spin that. It's like saying, oh, that's that's so old. Actually, it's well loved. <laughs> you know? Yes. Wow. This is really small. I would call it cozy. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> oh, man. It's like anybody who's trying to sell real estate online. It's like, no. Yes. yes. I actually do have a lot of respect for a lot of these films, though. And not all. I think if you, yeah, if you grew up with them on VHS instantly, these are going to become favorites. So let's go through the list first, and then we can talk about each one of them. So, so the Aristocats in 1970, Robin Hood, 1973, the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh in 1977, the rescuers in 1977 as well. The Fox and the Hound, 1981, the Black Cauldron in 1985, the Great Mouse Detective in 1986, and Oliver and Company in 1988. Now, I will say in that book really quickly, I'll include a link in the show notes if you want to purchase it. It's a pretty good resource for this, although it's more about the animators versus a full history of this. So it's kind of like an art book slash a biography. Um, And on this one, they just focus on two, Mel Shaw and Ken Anderson, who were really kind of the remaining nine old men who, not the remaining, uh, they're all the nine old men, but, you know, they hadn't, they were kind of leading the development of these films during this era. And Mm -hmm. so we decided to focus on them in this book. So if you're looking for like a total breakdown of the development of the aristocrats and Robin Hood and the, you know, all of these different movies, this book isn't quite it. So it's kind of interesting that they like they want to talk about the eras and they're doing each one of these volumes about the eras, but they're not really deep diving. It's weird. It's like an art book. It's yeah. So just just be aware. Yeah. It's almost like if you were to talk to somebody who is a critic and not or even just a fan as we are, but we're not like monetarily connected to Disney and therefore we're not right. re- 
we're not required to say all good things, all good things, all good things. Mm -hmm. So we can just say as we feel they are and as it has come across to us and look at it for what it seems to be. Right. As opposed to what they would like us to say. (laughs) And I feel like there's a lot of that. There was a section in there called the rebellion, (laughs) (laughs) which talks about John Pomeroy, Don Bluth and Goldman leaving. And I actually appreciated that they called it out. Yeah. They even have some quotes about from Don Bluth in here, uh, which was interesting, but they, they call out like, Hey, this happened. And they said, you know, then they spin it like this was actually a really great thing for the studio, which I don't know, leading into Fox and the Hound and the Black Cauldron after they left and they started their own studio. That's some spin. That is some spin. Yeah. Uh, maybe in the grand scheme of things. Yes. But they're, they they were saying there was some conflict between like the original crew, the nine old men, some of these guys and the new Cal Arts wave, which the Cal Arts, you know, Disney needed like a funnel for his students, for for animators. And so he started this character animation, character program at Cal Arts and the nine old men were helping assist. So there was some conflict with like the, the Cal arts people coming in and the old crew. Yeah. So in the end they said, Hey, we're glad we got these guys out. That's, that's what they claim at least. So anyways, it's, it's an interesting read. It's just, you know, if you, if you know like the full history from different sources and then you're reading like official, I would say propaganda, if, yeah, you know, yeah. for lack of a better term, it's just like, yeah, the company I, line. I know what really happened there, but nice yeah. try. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I, I honestly, I can say that them leaving and starting their own company in the end created the industry. For sure. If they had not done that, then there would have just been the one major film crew and animation as a whole would not have gotten started as an industry because it would have just been like the main heavy hitters. And everything gets better with competition. And so when you have, when they're hitting rock bottom with Black Cauldron, it really was rock bottom oh, with that movie. For sure. Everyone can agree. That is the, the bottom of the bottom. Yes. <laughs> when you're able to hit that and just be able to say, okay, no, we need to, we have to do better and we have to change because we see now what they're doing and what is making things better. And we have proof by the fact that they are making a lot of money and we're not. So we need to adapt and become better. So I can agree with them when they say that having Don Bluth leaving was in the end, the best thing for the studio because it did create that competition and it made them be, it made them look outside of their own little echo chamber of what artism should and shouldn't be. Yes, I agree. Oh, so one thing about this era that's kind of the common features is there's kind of a lack of story narrative mm-hmm. with some of these. Mm-hmm. Some can feel kind of episodic, so, you know, like Winnie the Pooh, it's just kind of these little vignettes in a way. Robin Hood has a has a bit, but it can kind of feel like it's less narratively driven, maybe like when Walt was involved. Heavy use of Xerox. They continue yeah. to use that Xerox technology through the seventies and a lot of recycled animation, you know, the budgets weren't as big. And so they were having to do their best that they could. Well, with I what think they that had. this is a lot of bureaucracy involved. And mm-hmm. when you listen to interviews with Don about his perspective and why he left and as artists and as creators, they didn't have to cut so many corners and they could still create something that they would be completely proud of. And that would excel and and push the limits as they used to do in the beginning and the golden age. And and so that's kind of what he really wanted. And 
the main problems was you're looking at what's the the son-in-law of Disney who's in charge Roy. of Roy. Yeah, no, not Roy. Roy is the oh, nephew. Oh, um Ron Miller. Yeah. And I think later on we are going to do a nerdy couch discussion on the hierarchy at tier list, as it were, of the heads of the Disney company. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I'm really excited about this <laughs> because, man, like, but I, I really think that this is a, a precursor to that discussion and saying that under Ron Miller, you really didn't, he was neither the, the starter of the company, nor was he a creative person. Mm-hmm. He was a bureaucracy guy. Like he was like, I am going to maintain if nothing else. And it's, once you get to a certain level, you can maintain, but unless you, there will always be these breakoffs that want to excel. And that's what the Don Bluth like era, uh, the rebellion was about. They wanted mm-hmm. to be able to excel. And I have nothing against nepotism. <laughs> nepotism is my life, but like, I can also see. Nepotism is your life, huh? <laughs> well, Wow. <laughs> Nepotism is through. I would not have had experiences in my life if not for my parents and for the things that they had done. So I grew up performing at a place called the Rock on Our Ranch. I myself would not have gone around and started the Rock on Our Ranch. I was mm-hmm. not born yet, but because of all of their efforts, I was able to be a beneficiary of those things. So I see nepotism as a way to help generations improve continuously. However, when you're looking at something that is going to excel, there are places where it's appropriate and where it's not. And leading a company like this is not necessarily appropriate for the continuation, especially for somebody like Ron Miller, who just he just married in. He wasn't even like a direct like heir, you know, so mm-hmm. I just don't feel like he had the same dedication to the goal that even Roy Roy's son had. Mm hmm. When he was involved, he was very much involved in the legacy of the art form. And so I, I see this as like the Ron Miller age. Yeah. <laughs> AKA the Bronze Age. But yeah, I like. Ron Miller age. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, I grew up with the VHS era. So I had all of these and I watched all of these so many times <laughs> that it's hard for me to tell if it was good or not in a lot of ways. <laughs> Uh, I think this is funny. I grew up with all of these and I can't tell if they're good or not. (laughs) It's true. Because you've watched it so many times that nostalgia just covers it. Yes, you have nostalgia nostalgia goggles on. Heavy. Yeah. Heavy, heavy, heavy. Like, why do I like Rockadoodle? Because of nostalgia, dang it. (laughs) The very first movie Chelsea got to pick when it was her turn for the podcast. Right. Yep. Rockadoodle was it out of all the movies that existed. And we we had only done two up until that point. So it's not like all the good ones were taken. Nope. Right. That's Chelsea for you. So I'm being honest when I say that I I'm looking at these this list and be like Black Cauldron was the only one that we did not own. And good on your parents. It was. Yes, it was the right choice. And so I never were able to watch it. And then later on, I was like, yeah, no, this is terrible. (laughs) (laughs) So what of these movies, what do you like? For me, Robin Hood, I I absolutely love that movie. I think it's just, as we've said so many times before, it's so quotable. It's so funny. 
it's just fantastic. It's not a perfect film, but I like the characters. I like Robin Hood. There's the the weird love song in the middle. It's kind of like why, but overall, it's just so it's so good. I think the Great Mouse Detective also is just really amazing. Finally, had gotten their groove back. Uh, it's the end. That's the final movie of this age, and then we hit the Little Mermaid. So things are starting to look up at that point, and and you know that's a Ron and John production and you know, under they, new management. Yes, under new management. There's lots of things happening there that make make it good for a reason. So, yeah, I mean, we've done actually quite a few of these movies. We've done Robin Hood. We've done Great Mouse Detective. We just did The Aristocats. We have not done The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. We did The Rescuers a while ago. Fox and the Hound, we have not done, surprisingly. We just did Oliver and Company, and we did do Black Cauldron. So we almost can check all of the Bronze Age off of our list. The Fox and the Hound is on the list. I have finally decided okay it's time to go we can do this chelsea has spoken it is it is time to do it she said (laughs) it's just so sad and i have a hard time especially with like animal movies (laughs) yeah i have a hard time with with fox and the hound only because it's just so hard i can't not cry and so i we are starting the dog series right now and so now basically almost to the end of the year we will be talking about our animated pooches and fox and the hound is on that list and so i've been like all right it's been 10 years since i've seen yourself up chelsea you can do it you (laughs) can can do do it it. oh it's gonna be hard though i agree that robin hood is definitely the most quotable it it's interesting i really like aristocats i think aristocats just because i always liked cats and (laughs) so that was like one of those things are we are we just gonna jump in or what are we should we do our list yeah go ahead and do your list and then I okay will this is kind of hard i mean they're all kind of good meh ish <laughs> yeah uh so it's kind of hard in the middle like where do i put these it's all kind of just like here's my top here's my second here's my bottom here's all in the middle <laughs> and then i know what's last okay so <laughs> right. i don't know this could change at any point in time but here's here's what i have so far so robin hood number one Number two, The Great Mouse Detective. Number three, The Rescuers. Four, Aristocats. Five, The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Six, Fox and the Hound. Seven, Oliver and Company. And last but not least, The Black Cauldron. All right, so we're similar in our start and finish. Uh, but I would say Robin Hood, number one. Great Mouse Detective, number two. The Aristocats as number three. And then Rescuers. Mm. Fox and the Hound. I here's the thing about Fox and the Ham because it is able to get me. That doesn't mean that I that I would rank it lower on yeah. my list. Mm-hmm. It's just one that I can only take so many <laughs> times. Like when a pet dies, or if there's ever like I just I have a hard time with that, and emotionally I I can't get around. I, it's hard. So that doesn't mean that I I dislike the movie. It's just the fact that it's hard to get through. Mm-hmm. Um, so Aristocats, Rescuers, Fox and the Hound. Then Oliver and Company, Mini Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, and then Black Cauldron. There you go. No question Black Cauldron, huh? All of yeah. both of us oh, yeah. are like, yeah, that's a no. That's, well, I mean, that's a big no. It's so easy to pick the top being Robin Hood. And also the second is Great Mouse Detective. Great like Mouse it, Detective, right. Right. It could even be maybe Great Mouse Detective number one uh, on a good day. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on the day. But I, even like, then, like, I just have so much love for Robin Hood. It's like, nope. No, you are. You are it. Yeah. So I've definitely watched Robin Hood way more times than Great Mouse Detective. 
And this isn't a list of how many times have I watched this movie, though it kind of is. <laughs> I mean, it kind of is. The fact that Great Mouse Detective really was the, it's the revving up for something completely different of mm-hmm. what we've, we mm-hmm. had come to expect. And even though I wasn't there until, <laughs> like, I wasn't born until, like, Oliver and Company was out. So it's not like it was, I, I had any recollection of the era, but it right. was, um, when you're looking at it in sequential order, you can just see, yes, this is definitely something different than what mm-hmm. they had done before. I like this era, though. I mean, like I said, this is nostalgia goggles all the way, and it's all because of the, the VHS era. I definitely watched Robin Hood so many times. <laughs> and Aristocats, <laughs> Rescuers, not as much. Oliver and Company, you know, I wasn't that into Oliver and Company. Yeah, when we watched it, it was like, oh, this was good, it was fun, but yeah, Yeah, and Winnie the Pooh, it's a little slow for me. And I think also because I didn't watch it as a child. Like, I don't think that came out on VHS until after I was no longer of the age that would truly mm-hmm. appreciate it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to justify it to me. I'm kind of just more explaining it to myself. Why? Right. So, yeah, that's our list. We did ask the patrons and we wanted to know about their list. And so Alex Beavis comes in and he says, Robin Hood is an all-time favorite. I think it is an underrated gem. You have also great underrated films in The Great Mouse Detective and Oliver and Company. Definitely can see how this paved the way for the Renaissance. And then Rachel Wagner comes in and says, in my opinion, Mini Adventures of Winnie the Pooh is my favorite of the Bronze Age. I especially love the ending, Promise You'll Never Forget Me. And when she Aww. said that, I was like, yeah, that is super sweet. <laughs> like, Winnie the Pooh is very tender. And so that's why I was wondering, like, why didn't it rank higher on my list? And I think it was just because I didn't watch it that much as a, as a young kid. Yeah. Well, there you have it. Let us know your list. Go to rotoscopers.com slash 263. That's where you can let us know everything about the Disney Bronze Age and your thoughts and feelings about it. We will be continuing into these other ages. Slowly yet surely, we're going to be doing the Renaissance Age and the Pixar Age and the Revival Era. Um, We actually are breaking those out into three different ages because they are pretty distinct in my mind. Yeah. Versus it's the new golden age. Okay, nice (laughs) try, Disney. Nice try. (laughs) It was all good. Just ignore that shadowy part over there. Everyone's a winner. It's all golden. This was definitely written by a millennial or something. (laughs) (laughs) So there you have it. Until next time. We are the Rotoscopers. Nepotism belongs in the arts, not in plumbing. You've been listening to the Animation Addicts podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe and be sure to leave us a five-star review. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to help spread the word, be sure to share the podcast with your friends on social media. Just don't forget to tag us at Rotoscopers on Instagram and use the hashtag Animation Addicts. For all the links and full show notes for this episode, go to rotoscopers.com slash podcast. Now, if you still can't get enough for your animation fix, be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube and visit rotoscopers.com for more animation news, reviews, and interviews. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.